Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I am so proud to be here today with Dr. Madeline Ann Lewis. She is both an author and a speaker, and she has so many wise words to share with us today. I'm so excited to have her here. Thank you so much, Dr. Madeline Ann, for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure to be here and to be able to speak to you and your audience. Well, I know that it is long and illustrious, but I would love for you to tell us a little bit about where you've come from, the work that you've done, a little bit about your bio. I would read it, but I'd be reading a little long. I just want you to share with the audience, you know, how you've gotten here today and the work that you're doing and do not be shy. I want the audience to know the things that you've accomplished along the way. Okay. Well, to start off, I currently live in Maryland, but I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Coming up to this area was definitely a culture shock for me. You know, coming from the South up here in New Orleans, we didn't have snow, but you know, of course, up here, we get lots of it. So barring that, I love it up here, except for when it snows. As far as my background goes, as you know, I am the president and CEO of the Executive Women's Success Institute. I also have, I created an online course, which is Crack the Career Code, How to Lead with Confidence, Charisma, and Credibility. And I'm also the host of the Successful Women radio and TV show, which airs on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As far as my other portion of my background goes, I, I'm a coach, I'm a career strategist, I'm a trainer, I'm a speaker, I'm an author, I'm a business consultant. I've also been an adjunct professor. Of course, you know, I have my doctorate degree, so I've taught on the university level. I've received numerous awards for different things and different endeavors that I've done, you know, along the way. I'm been quoted in different magazines and um, newspapers and on websites. I've also written a lot of articles and and different things that have appeared in different magazines and, and on websites. I am the chair of the Women's Advantage Forum, which is uh, the Maryland chapter, which is something that I really love because I get to work with women to help them to kind of bring their business forward. You know, sometimes they get might get stuck uh, not knowing how to bring a product forward or uh, how to price or, or different things like that. So this is a, it's a 12-month curriculum, but It can be done in six months, depending on the class that the group that's put together. If they want to do it the whole 12 months, then we can, but we can also do it in six months. And I've been on a lot of different boards, served on a lot of different boards, the the Justice Federal Credit Union. I've been on a federally employed women's board, the International Advisory Professional Women Networks Board. I'm an uh, advisor for the uh, elite Leadership Training Center, which is right here in uh, Maryland. And I've also written two books myself, which is uh, Playing from the Blue Tea, Women in the Federal Government, and also Finding Your Best Inside, How to Persevere and Become the Person You're Meant to Be. And I've co-authored four books 
four different books. So I probably could go on and on, but I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to take up ever sleep is what you're saying. <laughs> well, it's a, a lot of different things going on and, and stay kind of busy the show itself. And, and so I know with you, you, I know you understand this, having a radio show and a TV show, all those different things, they really tend to put a lot on your plate. So yes, um, for sure. Yeah, but it's rewarding. So I, I really love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's many reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. You know, obviously your accomplishments and what you're doing to forward female entrepreneurship is something that's so near and dear to my heart. And so I wanted to highlight your accomplishments there. But also, you know, one thing that really stood out to me recently was an article that you had posted on LinkedIn And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about imposter syndrome. And then we can talk about, you know, some other characteristics and different challenges that women and successful women in business experience. But I know, you know, this this idea of imposter syndrome was first brought up to me maybe five years ago. And it was, I have a friend who is an extremely professional human resources director in She actually now works for Microsoft, but at the time she was working in a different tech space. And I remember she said to me, like, don't tell anyone, but I have no idea, like, why they hired me. Like, I, she's like, I'm not really sure I can do this. Like, you know, and so she had come across this thing called imposter syndrome and she was telling me about it. I was like, oh my God, I think I have the same thing. Like, not necessarily that I was at the same level of her business accomplishment at that time, but there is this common thread, I think, especially among women where when we have accomplishments or we do good things where we feel like we don't deserve it, deserve or, it. Yes. or we haven't done our time. I had another, you know, somebody that I was networking with that has become sort of a friend. She's like, I have no idea why people pay me money. Like, really, I don't, I don't get it. Like, you know, and she's extremely talented at what she does, but she, in her mind, she doesn't feel the value of what it is that she's bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. So will you explain to the audience what what is imposter syndrome? What is this thing that we experience that, you know, comes along and is, I think, I mean, I, I'm not to discredit that this can't happen to men as well, but I think that it's something that I've heard, you know, more prevalent for female professionals. Well, I think the reason why women fall into that category a lot, that imposter syndrome is because, well, first of all, it, it's a feeling that you're not good enough. It's, it brings about uh, self-doubt. As you mentioned, as, you know, when you start to get successful or you start to uh, move up the, the ladder, so to speak, or even in business, if your business is doing well, you start thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, how did this happen? Do, do I really deserve this. You know, sometimes you just start getting those thoughts. Am I a fraud? Am I going to be caught? It's totally different from someone who takes their resume and just inflates it. 
that it's totally different from something like that because we've heard of instances of you know where people have taken their resumes and and put things in there that and later on they've been caught because they really didn't do the things that they said they did but in the imposter syndrome case you've actually achieved these things but then you get to a point where you start feeling like wow i, I just i don't know the doubt the fear sometimes it can even cause you to to, to have stress the, you know because you're always waiting for someone to just say you're not supposed to be here because you don't feel like you deserve to be there and it's so unfortunate because one of the things that i always emphasize in my training when i when women are come to me for coaching or any type of training i always emphasize to them that you need to step out you need to step forward always you know don't feel bad about tooting your own horn and that's the one thing a lot of women do not like to do is to toot their own horn. And so that's why this imposter syndrome can sometimes affect them when they start seeing all this progression, all this success. And for some reason, they just get that mindset that I don't know if I should even be here. Am I a fraud? So that's pretty much how it starts. I think I've even experienced seeing people downplay their successes, you know, like really they, you know, like instead of like the exact opposite of inflating their resume, Mm -hmm. really downplaying their successes because they feel like maybe they didn't, you know, if it was a team effort, even though they led the team Mm -hmm. that, you know, that it wasn't really because of them. It was because of everyone Or, you know, I think that, I mean, I've just seen this in so many instances and I've also seen this, I mean, especially I myself have been doing a significant amount of, you know, healing and personal development work around this because I think to reach the new level of business, you have to be able to embrace your own success. And in the very beginning of my business, I remember thinking like, how can I even, I mean, I just charged so little in what I was doing and I limited myself so greatly in what I was doing because I felt like no one would ever pay me for what I had to offer. You know, like Mm -hmm. no one would ever, like, why would they ever want to work with me? Or, you know, like I just, I know that it has very much to do with our worthiness and self-esteem but it's just interesting to me how prevalent it is, you know, amongst women. women. Do you think that yeah. society has anything to do with that? Or like, you know, do you think that, you know, in terms of, I'm just curious, this just like sort of came to me like, I mean, I know that we are role in the workplace, especially in male dominated careers has mm-hmm is fairly new, you know, in the timeline of our country. And so do you think that that has anything to do with imposter syndrome and, you know, how we process those successes? You know, research shows that the imposter syndrome is more prevalent in women. And uh, some of the reasons for that is because of workplace inequity, you know, like the pay gap, you know, women are said to be paid less than uh, their male counterparts, even though they may be doing the same job, they're in the same field, in the same industry, but the pay gap is still there. So that has not changed. And you also have the fact that, you know, you see more men holding 
management level positions, whereas you don't see as many women. When I did the article, the numbers were something like men held 62% of the management level positions, while women only had 38%, you know, held 38%. One of the things I also remember when I, you know, when I wrote the book, Women in the Federal Government, the one thing that I did, I did a research on that. I interviewed 20 women in and around the Washington, D.C. area that was in these executive level positions because I wanted to find out how they got there, how they stay there, and, you know, the obstacles that they face. And just about all of them said to me how, you know, being in those positions, they are more closely scrutinized than their male counterparts. And so when women have to deal with things like this, this is why they sometimes get that notion that I'm just not good enough or, you know, that fear comes in or that doubt comes in because they always have in the back of their mind that there's always somebody watching me closer than they're watching my male counterpart that's doing the same thing. And so this is sometimes what causes them to slip into that particular imposter syndrome. And yes, it is. I would say, yes, it is. Society, you know, can play a role in that happening to women. I want the listeners to definitely read this article. We're going to put the link in our show notes because I would appreciate it. I think it's so uh, valuable that not only do they listen to it, but that they also share it so that other people can read the insights that Dr. Madeline Ann has brought to us. But would you share with us just a couple of your tips and tricks on how to beat imposter syndrome? Well, the first thing, you have to understand your worth. And a lot of times, and we were just discussing it before the show, you have to understand that I'm worth being in this position. I have the knowledge. I have the experience. And even if you're in business, you know, you're worth the price that you set for your services, for your products. And so you have to make sure that you you know, it's a mindset thing. I know I always say that everything starts in the mind and I know that that's cliche, but everything starts in the mind and you have to make sure that you know and you understand and you make yourself believe that you are worth it. And don't shy away from praise and compliments. And and like you you just mentioned about downplaying your experiences or, you know, your accomplishments. Don't do that. You have to, re, you know, reassure yourself that you are doing a good job. I always used to tell, say to myself, you know how a lot of times when you have, especially in, I used to find in, I think it was network marketing, how they would hold these big events because they felt like they needed to motivate the people. Those people needed to see other people on going on stage and getting these prizes or, or these big vacations and all of that. So they had to do that to motivate the others to try to push them to uh, sell as much or what have you. And, and I attended a couple of those and I thought to myself, you know, I don't need to be here because I don't need any want to motivate me. I can motivate myself. And I think that's the mindset that you have to have. You don't have to have anyone else's approval as long as you know what you know. And so when you know that you know that you know, then you always stand up front and you stand out and you be specific and you stand your ground because People are going to challenge you. Yes. If you're speaking somewhere or what have you, there's always someone, 
more than likely a male that will challenge you on something. But as long as you know that you have that information, you have that knowledge and you have those skills, then never doubt yourself. And so that's the second thing. Don't doubt yourself, you know, because one of the things that the imposter syndrome does, it creates a lot of doubt and it makes you feel again, that you are not supposed to be there, that you, you're a fraud, that this is somehow you got there by dumb luck or something like that. Not the case. And don't think that you have to be a perfectionist because no one is perfect. No one is perfect at anything that they do. So you're going to make mistakes. Own up to your mistakes, though. Don't throw somebody else under the bus for a mistake that you made. And so just make sure, like I said, don't believe that you have to excel in everything that you do, in every job that you do, because that's just impossible. I always tell people when you get into, especially when you start moving up the ladder, if you're in a career and you start moving up that career ladder, you're not going to know everything that you're supposed to know. But what you should do is put people around you that you know are smart in those areas that you're weak in. You should have someone that you can reach out to in HR. You should have someone that you can reach out to in EEO. You should have someone that you can reach out to in the budget or accounting department because those aren't your areas of expertise. So if that's not your area of expertise, then you make sure you have people around you or people that you can reach out to that can give you advice on what you, you know, your weak areas. Yes. Yeah. And so that's, that's basically what it is. Don't think you need to be perfect because no one is perfect. So two things. First of all, I am trapped. I'm often can go down the rabbit hole of perfectionism on certain things. And my sister is the same way. And we always tell each other done is better than perfect. Most of the time, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. are occasionally times where perfect is better than done, but Mm -hmm. like 99% of the time done is better than perfect. And then, yeah, I just think that it's so important to, I agree with you to surround yourself with people who have different skill sets than you. And one of the things that I use in my business is the extended disc profile. Mm -hmm. And I specifically place people in my team based on their profile in a balanced way, because I know like, if you know anything about disc, which for those who don't, it's sort of like Myers-Briggs or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Enneagram or any of those where it kind of measures your personality or your behavioral traits. So I'm an I, which is an influencer, which is like a people person. Like I always say, like I'm jazz hands, like, hello, you know, like, (laughs) I'm like out there and, you know, want to be with the people and everything like that. And I'm all big ideas, but Mm -hmm. like execution is not my best strength point. Like details and all those types of things is not my best strength point. So I need, and my operations manager, she's an SC, which Mm -hmm. is somebody who is a people person, but more on the reserve side and Mm -hmm. very, very loyal she's a people person. They say for her people, you know what I mean? Like she has a close, she has a circle of trust. And a C is somebody who is like very analytical and very detail oriented. And that's Mm -hmm. what I need. I need somebody who can come behind my big ideas, understand the heart of what I want to do with people, and then find the details to put together 
the infrastructure for what I'm trying to accomplish with my big jazz hands and big ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I think it's important to say like, I, what you're saying is so, you know, so crucial that you don't have to know everything. You just have to surround yourself with the support system, whether that be internally in your business or externally, finding mentors, finding peers that you can go to and say, hey, you know, for example, the HR person I mentioned before, you know, when I've had HR struggles in my company with my employees, I've gone to her and I'm like, this is what I'm going through. And I just don't know, like, how do I handle this? And she's given me such sage wisdom Mm -hmm. to be able, because I'm an entrepreneur. I didn't go to school to become an HR person. I got my degree in administrative management and information technology. I didn't study human resources. And so I leverage the people in my life who I love and who I respect and who I know have that knowledge Mm -hmm. to be able to say, help me with this. You know, like, do you have a minute where I can talk through a situation with you? And that whether that be in your company as a mentor or outside of your company as your support system, putting those types of people around you can help ground you when you're thinking that you have to know everything. And so I think you're spot on with that. Absolutely. And, And I think that's what it is. You know, you don't feel like, you shouldn't feel like you don't have to ask for help because as women, and, and, and that's, this is for anyone. If any field that you're in, you should be continually learning anyway. And so that's why you can't feel that you know it all and you can't feel that you can do it all because there's always something that you can learn and there's always someone who could teach you something that you don't know. And so that's one of the reasons why as women, you just can't fall into that. Like we were talking about the perfectionism that that's really not good at all. And you were talking about the disc. I've heard of the disc. I I like to use the Kobe. That's the assessment that I always use. And it works, of course, they all pretty similar, but basically it's the same thing. And that way you can place people around you, as you said, that you know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are. So you place people around you that will, you know, just kind of balance those things out for you. you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly the way it works. And those types of assessments, especially in business and and in career, because I know a lot of organizations have have employees to take those things. But I think sometimes people don't really take them seriously to look at them and use them to their advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, shifting gears just a little bit, Mm -hmm. but because you have so much experience with successful women, what do you say are common characteristics that successful women possess? Well, I would say, first of all, we have to realize that success means different things to different people. But I think that a successful person is someone who knows exactly what they want, someone who understands how to maneuver around different things as far as in business and in their careers, because you can't be successful if you're staying in one spot all the time. That's not going to get you anywhere. Being successful means that you have to step out sometimes and, and take a risk because 
not too many people get things to fall in their lap. You know, you hear about this movie star that was, they found him in a restaurant waiting on a table and this producer came in and thought, oh, I gotta have that person. Well, you know, that, that just doesn't happen all the time. So unless you're willing to step out and understand again, it's a mindset because everything starts in the mind. And if you feel that you're not good enough, then you've kind of let yourself out of the game before you even start it. And also being a successful individual, you have to be a good thinker. You know, good thinkers, they're always in demand. And one of the things I always say, the person who knows how will always have a job, but the person who knows why will always be the boss. And so that's the kind of thing that you have to remember when you're looking to be successful, when you're trying to step out and get noticed and different things like that. You just have to make sure that you don't hold yourself back. In in other words, you don't get in your own way because those are the things that will keep you from being successful. Don't let your, that little voice in your head talk you out of something that could be good for you, that can make you a success, that could potentially be something that can cause a different shift in what you've been doing. Don't let that little voice talk you out of it because you feel like you're not good enough. Yeah, that resonates with me so much. And I love that, you know, that the successful woman that knows why will be the leader. That's everything. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Because it means Mm -hmm. that you see the whole picture. You see the past, the present, where it's going. You get the point of why we're doing what we're doing. And sometimes you don't have to know the how. You know what I mean? That's why you have the support system around you you know, you just have to have a strong, strong sense on the why. So that, that really, really resonates with me. Well, Dr. Madeline, and what would you say are some of the common challenges of women in business and how to overcome it? And, and I'm, I'm really, especially in this time and age, and, and please just speak from your experience. I'm not, I'm not asking you to speak for all women of color, but what would you say from your experience are some of the common challenges of women of color in business And, you know, what types of things can they do now to overcome it? What types of things can we as allies do to help them overcome these challenges as well? Well, I think that the challenges are normally going to be pretty much the same as far as planning. You have to plan. You know, what I always say, nobody plans to fail, but a lot of people fail to plan. And so, you know, you really have to plan out what you're going to do, even to the point of, especially if if you're trying to start a business, you definitely have to know what it is you want to do. You have to do your research to make sure that what you want to do is something that's going to be needed. Because they always say that, when you're in business, you have to find the person's, the point that they're hurting, because that's where you can go in and help. If you don't know what that point is or how you can impact them or how you can help, then you're going to be of no use. Your business is not going to do anything. You'll just be a person with a business in name only, because nothing is going to happen. And research is everything to know, even to setting up an event, you know, when you start, and I'm sure even when you started your podcast, you did your research to find out what you wanted, you know, and kind of what direction you wanted to go. And so you bring in different 
topics and different areas that will be an impact that people will stop and say, oh my goodness, let me listen to this because this the word you use is resonate. This resonates with me. And that's what you want people to say about you know your business. So if it doesn't resonate, then it's not going to help them. And the next thing, of course, is the adequate funding. You know, a lot of times when people are in business, especially women, we have to realize there are a lot of resources out there that we can pull from, we can draw from. And so you have to make sure that you stay up on these things, that you keep your ear to the ground because not having the funding that you need to do the things you need to do in your business, that is definitely going to be a reason for your business not to grow. And you definitely don't want, you know, your business stagnant when they're resources that you can could have gone by going to the small business administration or by having a coach to be able to advise you on certain things that are certain areas that you might need advice on. So I would say those would be the challenges just to make sure that you know the resources that you need and where you can find them. I mean, that that's definitely key. And also plan out, make sure you have a plan for everything that you do, especially when you're starting your business. That business plan, that's a definite must. And also always do your research as far as making sure that what you're doing is something that's actually needed and a service that you can offer that that will resonate with people. That's so true. I know that I'm in a group, a mentorship group that focuses, I mean, the, the technical focus is marketing to the affluent, which the real focus is marketing to people who can afford to pay for your services. I think it's been really interesting to me to see, you know, we want to be able to serve everybody, but there's a level where we have our volunteer work and there's a level where we have our business. And so we have to find a way to separate that line where we serve those who need it, but can't afford it in a very intentional way that's volunteer work. And then our business is structured to those who have a need and who can afford to pay for our services. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I've interpreted it. Not necessarily, you know, I'm not necessarily only out to market to millionaires or anything like that, but I had to break the mentality that I had to be able to serve everyone because otherwise I wouldn't be in business. <laughs> and so I, yeah, I definitely think that that is important. And the preparation in, I definitely did it wrong. I mean, I kind of fell into business. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, I did take advantage of the small business administration for the mentorship, which was kind of mind blowing for me because at the point that I got a mentor, it was just one meeting. And I was thinking that I was going to provide administrative services myself for 40 hours a week to different financial advisors. And that was going to be my business. And this mentor said, absolutely not. You need to train 40 to 400 of you. Like you have to scale. And I was like, but no, they, they're hiring because of me. Like, because I'm special because of like my skill set. He goes, you can pass that on mm-hmm. to someone else. And so he opened my eyes. It still took a little while, but I was able to replicate this, you know, with an assistant that I had that was very young and, but very receptive to it. And I saw that it was true that you could mentor 
people and pass on these skills that you've learned with your experience and then replicate and scale in a way that you you wouldn't think is possible. And that was so invaluable. I've even thought recently because I'm in a new level in my business. And even though I have coaching and I have this mentorship, I've even thought about reaching out to the small business administration again and saying, hey, can I have a mentor again? Because I'm in a different place. And of course, with the financial help and the different things that have been happening with COVID-19, I was able to access some of the resources that I thought were overwhelming to me before. And, you know, I think that having that mentorship to say, like, I'll just put it out there, but like, I got a loan from the SBA and I don't know how to use it. Like, so Mm -hmm. it's like literally sitting in the account and I, I'm like scared to use the loan because I don't know how to responsibly use it. And so I think this is where we as women have to take charge of our business and say, not only find the resources obtain the resources, but then find the guidance to maximize those resources further this venture that we're on, because otherwise, what was the point? You know, what was the point of doing all of this? I really respect what you have to say about that. I think not only is it poignant for me, but I think that it has so much value for other people. And so thank you for that. I would say the next question that I would have for you is, how can I or any other businesswoman leverage our uniqueness, our originality to achieve success in the workplace? Again, I would say not to underestimate your own ability and to make sure that, you know, that you reach out if you need help. And don't be afraid to reach out if you need help. And definitely make sure if you're in the workplace, you need to have a mentor. You need to have a sponsor because those are the people that will help you to navigate those obstacles in the workplace. They will be the ones that will tell you or be able to tell you what's coming down the pipe. But they also will be the ones to see things in you that you may not see in yourself, you know, whether they're good or bad. These are the people that will be able to see those things and to help you to say to you, hey, well, maybe you need to go and take, you know, additional speaking training because you're afraid to speak in front of a crowd, you know, different things like that. So don't underestimate your own abilities, but also don't be afraid to reach out. I think that's how you gain your leverage in the workplace because you have to make sure that you're networking. You have to find that person or those persons that are doing the things that you want to, the person that's that's moving the way you want to move up, you know, how they're moving up and you see them continually moving and you're trying to figure out how are they doing it. That's the person that you need to grab onto their coattails. That's how you leverage yourself to success in the workplace. Yes, definitely. We talked about this a little bit prior to the show, but you know, this is something that I'm working on too. And maybe you just addressed it, but maybe you can expand on this. But once you've reached your goal, so like, for example, I, this year I surpassed my goal of what I thought was possible for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you keep your momentum? How do you, how would I say this? Like imagine and accept expand your horizons so that you can move the goalpost, so to speak, so that you have that momentum to keep going once you've reached your original goal, besides setting just a you know, new financial goal, 
you know, I think, you know, for many of us, it goes beyond just the financial, right? I mean, we, we have a mission, we have some personal skin in the game. So how do we, you know, keep that momentum as we move forward once we've reached some of our goals? Well, for one thing, don't give in to the naysayers or the haters, because, you know, sometimes as women, when we start doing things that people look at us and see, hey, how did she do that? Why is she doing that? You, you know, then you start getting these negative comments for so make sure that you don't, you know, let those things stop you. And also make sure that you know that you, again, are capable of doing anything that you set out to do. You have to, when you're passionate and you're persistent about things or about what you're doing, like, for example, you love helping people. I love helping women. When you're passionate and persistent about doing these things, you're going to always try to find things to, you know, that will kind of not say outdo the past thing, but you're going to always try to do things that will keep them moving forward. Whenever you're thinking of someone else and not yourself, then you will always see that momentum. You will always have that momentum because your thought is always going to be, what can I do next to help them on that path to success? What can I do next to help them to move forward? What can I do next that will make the greatest impact for someone to say to themselves, that did resonate with me. I know I can do it. Oh, so as long, that. yes, as long as you have that type of attitude and that type of spirit within you, then you're going to always find things to, that you say to yourself, oh my, I, I didn't think I could do anything better than what I did the last time, but this was great. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. I love that. Well, and that element of like mentorship, you know what I mean? Like maybe if you've achieved your goal, that that's the place where you can look behind and say, where's somebody who's me, you know, like at the beginning of this, where I can encourage them and come around them. And even if you're busy, just a little bit, you know what I mean? Just lift them up a little bit so that they have something to look forward to. Absolutely. And tell your story. Like yeah. you say, you, all, you know, tell your story as to how you did it, how you got there. Like you just mentioned, you were just going to put it out there that you got the loan from SBA. I mean, you know, tell your story. There's, there's someone out there that want to hear that. And there's a lot of people out there that may think, oh, I don't know if I should say that. Well, yes, if it'll help someone else, then yes, say it. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, Dr. Madeline Nan, there's always two questions that I ask before we wrap our beautiful session, which I could probably go on and on. Like, I definitely feel like you and I need to do a collaboration call where I just get to hear more and more about the work that you do and we can share, you know, go back and forth on the work that we're doing. But if women are listening to this podcast right now and they were to take away just one thing from this podcast that you had to say, what would that one thing be that you would want them to encourage themselves and to, to be um, lifted up and, and know that they're not alone? Well, I would just say that be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with those around you. Be patient in situations that may come up that you sometimes may think that, oh, I just need to go off on this person. Don't. I would say always try to be patient and just, 
you know, walk in that area that keeps you calm, that keeps peace within your life. Because as long as you can move within the calmness, within, I would say, and, and I'm going to say this, with, as long as you can walk within the favor of God that will keep you, you know, moving forward, and, but that would also keep you in joy, that would keep you in peace, but most importantly, keep you in that patient level, then I think that, to me, that's the best advice I could give. Never let someone else steal your joy. Never let someone else steal your dreams. And above all, keep that patient spirit. Walk in it because it'll be your friend. Oh, it's so good. It's so good because we can tend to we can tend to get impatient and things mm-hmm. honestly, especially with entrepreneurship, they do not happen overnight. No, they don't. They really, really don't. And so mm-hmm. it's crucial that we see the big picture, that we allow ourselves the time to make the mistakes, mm-hmm. that we allow ourselves the grace to learn from those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, that we know that it's going to be okay. And that if we, I mean, I like I've said from the get go, like I've had so many doubts about you know, like I said, I kind of started this whole thing wrong, like no business plan, no capital, no nothing. I mean, I really did start this whole thing wrong, but uh, you know, I also believe in God, but I felt like the spirit divine, whatever the universe, however people receive it. I Mm -hmm. felt the word day and it was so visceral for me. It was so real for me to hear this message stay And there have been days where I have literally wanted to throw in the whole towel. Like even recently, there's been like, there's been like a lot of shakeup and there's been a lot of like changes and things where I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Like what is happening? You know? And then I hear it again. I hear the word and it's just stay. Because if you stay, there's no way that it's not going to work. If you have a solid, if you have a solid idea, if you have a solid need that you are meeting, if you are able to meet somebody's needs and learn along the way, you just have to have the gumption to stay because eventually people will know who you are. They will know what you are about and you know, the business will come and there's always a solution. There's always something, you know, this is a little tangent, but I went to a course towards the end of 2019 and it said, think of the last time that you made a commitment that you was absolutely irrevocable. Like you could not, there's nothing on this planet that would make you change your mind. And my husband happened to go with me on this trip and I was telling him and I was like, well, when we got married, when, you know, my husband and I have been married for 22 years and we got married really, really young. But like a year into our marriage, we said divorce is not an option. Mm-hmm. So what's left? You know, when you are at your wit's end where you, you literally are in crisis or whatever, what's left? If divorce is not an option, you must figure it out. I said, I need to have that for my business. Like no plan B, stay Mm -hmm. like no plan B, just stay. And I think that there are people who need to hear that where even if financially it doesn't make sense, again, there are resources, you know, like, or if things have to go on hold or if you have to get a part-time job to keep Mm -hmm. it floating or if you have to cut back on your business 
but you keep it going on the side or, you know, like there's a way, there is a way to make it work if you stay. You just have to get creative. And so I I appreciate that so much. So my very last question, and this is my favorite, favorite question every single time because everybody brings something new to the table. And this could be from your grandma. This could be from a book. This could be from a teacher. This could be from a child. But what is the very best piece of advice that you've ever been given in your lifetime that you carry with you? The thing that I always care with me is something that as a child, my mother used to always say to myself, my sister, and that was, you never give up. You never let go of your dreams. And she used to say that to us all the time. You know, for me, that has just been something that I always carry around with me that you never give up because, you know, it, whatever you do, it's going to take that persistence and the perseverance if you want to complete it. So don't start something if you know you're not going to finish it. But that was what she always said to us, never give up and never let go of your dreams. So that would be my biggest piece of the one piece of advice that I would, I would give to anyone. And my personal advice would be no matter how difficult your life may become, no matter how hard life gets, there's always a reason to find your best inside. I love that. I think that, and well, and look at how that dovetails with what the word that was given to me as well. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. stay really not, you know, don't give up and stay. It's just the same thing. It's just saying that there's always a workaround, you know, if, you, if this is your goal, if this is your destiny, if this is what's supposed to happen, you know, you have to adapt to it and make it happen no matter what that looks like. And so I thank you so much for sharing that. And I also just thank you so much for sharing your time and wisdom with us. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast and I mean it when I say I hope we can stay connected and I can learn more about your ventures and maybe have you on the podcast again in the future as um you know as more things come out for you and we will link all of your contact information in the show notes if you guys you know Dr. Madeline Ann is on LinkedIn so if you want to connect with her definitely do so and then what is your do you have a website? Yes, my website is www.ex WSI.com. That's www.exwsi.com. Well, everyone, if you want to stay on top of what she is doing, I encourage you to visit the website, connect with her on LinkedIn. And again, Dr. Madeline Ann Lewis, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you. Oh, it has been my pleasure. I've enjoyed it so much. And yes, we definitely have to stay connected. Maybe I'm going to be doing a women's uh, virtual retreat sometime in March. And I'd love to have you be a participant on that. Oh, yes, for sure. Yes. Yes. For sure. Thank you again to the audience for joining us. This has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and we will hope that you will join us next time on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.